So, Vic, are you ready for your third Halloween of the year? Man, Halloween's my favorite holiday, but even I'm starting to get sick of it a little bit. No, that, that's why I, I purposely changed Christmas into Halloween for you, and now you're like, eh, I don't want it no more. What kind of Shang Tsung voodoo mastery skills do you have to change the holiday to Halloween? Easy. It's called Kill Everyone That Likes Christmas. So you're the Halloween Grinch that stole Christmas, you're saying? Yes. Okay, well, folks, we're back for Halloween 3. We continue our deep dive series with the Halloween movies. Now, the, the, the question is, did Nick watch the right movie? And this is a very simple way to figure this one out. If you watched a movie that had Michael Myers in it, you watched the wrong movie. Tell me what you watched didn't have Michael Myers in it. No, what I watched had a casting couch. Oh, God. <laughs> You watched late night Skinamax? What the hell, man? I guess so. At least a at least a portion of this movie might as well have been amateur casting couch. The rest of it, it was actual horror. Yeah, yeah, there was a little bit of horror. It's, it's kind of a mystery movie. This movie goes in a whole different direction. But let me give some quick background before we dive into the deeper details here. Halloween three came out in nineteen eighty two, one year after Halloween two. And it was an interesting time for the series because John Carpenter was still involved. But he only wanted to be involved on the basis of moving the franchise in the direction of being an anthology series. So the idea was movies that are related to Halloween, but not actual following the Michael Myers storyline, giving each movie its own separate story that, again, is somehow tied to Halloween. So this is kind of an experiment to see if we can take the franchise in an anthology direction. And... No, <laughs> it's not going to happen. But well, doesn't mean it's the quality of the movie. It's just that the movie made $14 million at the box office, which it's only a $2 million budget, so that's actually pretty good. But it just wasn't close to the box office of the first two Halloween movies, which is what they were expecting. So um, I, th- I think I know why it didn't do as good as the first two. Because John Carpenter was horny when he wrote this fucking script. One thing I'll say also is that apparently who wrote the movie is a little bit clouded because... There was a writer who uh, wrote a first draft, and then the director, Tommy Lee Wallace, uh, kind of added to the draft. And then, apparently, Carpenter did a secret rewrite of the draft also. And by the time they got to the final copy, the writer of the first draft hated it so much that he demanded they take his name off the movie altogether. Damn. Did they ever figure out who the first writer was? Oh, yeah, yeah. His, His name is out there, but he's, like, came out and said, like, I don't want this movie's trash. I don't want to be involved with it. So I think just Tom Lee Wallace, the director, ended up getting credit as the writer. Hmm. Um, so I went through a couple of things. But Carpenter was involved to a degree. Hayman Deborah Hill were involved here. Uh, the movie brings back um, the DP, Dean Cunley, is the same person who did the first two Halloween movies. That's why it looks like the same kind of movie, same kind of feel. And Carpenter maybe did the score? I don't know about that. I have to double check. But the score also kind of is in line with the first two Halloween movies. I actually like the score a lot. Um but anyways, anthology, I mean, so, it, it's, a, it's a tough pill to swallow because if you just did Halloween, then I think Halloween 2 could have started anthology. But you did Halloween and Halloween 2, you established Michael Myers as part of the Halloween franchise. So to come back with no Michael, I think, confused the audience. Now, one thing also I should mention is that the advertising for the movie didn't tell you that Michael was not in it. It kind of played loose with just being like, it's a Halloween movie. But audiences who saw it in the first weekend actually were expecting Michael. And the second weekend drop off at the box office was huge because it opened with a good, decent opening. It made like six, seven million the first week, but only finished with 14 million because word of mouth got around that 
hey, there's no fucking Michael in this movie. So they try to play with advertising to like not really tell you like, hey, Michael's not in this. And that probably was not a good move. Audiences were expecting Michael. Well, let's get into it. Let's start off with our opening scene, which is very confusing. Bad guy is choking a man. Yes, and anytime a movie starts off that way, I, I, look, I look to my right, I look to my left, and I say, what the hell am I watching? What did I turn on? Well, apparently you turned on a car. Because that car just drives right in and just smashes the choker with an audible, somewhat metallic, if you actually pay attention, thud. Indeed. Indeed. You got no yellow blood yet. Yes, yes. Um, I already have an issue with the same, but I'll, I'll explain that when we actually get to the meat of the story. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so for me, just taking in the beginning of the movie, I, again, I'll say this. I do like the score. The music is always on point in the Halloween movie, so I like the score. I like the soundtrack. Uh, the movie looks visually good. Like I said, it resembles the first two Halloween movies. But I'll be honest, in the first five, ten minutes, I'm confused as shit. I don't know what's going on in the movie. I don't well, yeah, know what the story is. Yeah, because, uh, again, if you're expecting Michael, you're going to be physically disappointed when you see a man in a suit looking like he just got back from a tele- telephone call to start choking some random old guy. Well, the bad guys in this movie are like the men in black, so it's really... Or like Agent Smith from The Matrix. It's very interesting. Well, if this was men in black, I'm wondering why they didn't get Tommy Lee Jones in it as one of the bad guys. Uh, he's busy hunting somebody somewhere. I mean, he's literally the only person. Every who's damn ever role made of him a, is hunting somebody. He's literally the only person who's ever laid a mark on damn he's, Steven he's, Seagal. He's either chasing Harrison Ford or Wesley Snipes or Benicio del Toro. He's chasing somebody somewhere. I ain't got time to be playing with with a Halloween mask. Well, okay? this would be so perfect for him because he would have been chasing some random guy. No. <laughs> And he would have been, and he would have looked old and out of shape, and it would have been unbelievable that he could actually chase people down, like that stupid hunting movie you had me watch. Don't get me started. You know on that you movie. like that movie. No, I don't. It's already, it's already been expelled from my memory. Yeah, <laughs> it's gone from your memory. Um, anyway, so we also find out that, uh, you know, instead of picking up the phone and calling for an ambulance, this guy, the, the guy, this almost murdered man, runs into is actually a nice Samaritan who. Drives him to the hospital. Good guy. Wondering why he just didn't pick up the phone and call the ambulance. The guy wasn't that fucking damaged. He wanted to go the extra mile. Maybe he had to go out and get some milk. Maybe. Maybe some milk from Nilbog. Or not, or malt liquor. Some green milk. Well, probably malt liquor. Malt liquor. I'm guessing, yeah. Um, and we also meet Tom Atkins, who is our main character. Now, Tom Atkins actually... I don't know if you remember this, but he's actually in another Carpenter movie called The Fog, which came out just two years before this. Well, it's been a while since I've seen that. The only thing I recognize that Tom Atkins in is Lethal Weapon. Oh, well, okay. I mean, the guy's had a (laughs) a pretty solid career. And um, his wife is actually in this movie, which you see through a couple random phone calls. Again, is actually Nancy Loomis, who played Andy from the first Halloween and who had that little small cameo in Halloween, too. So you see Carpenter likes to use the same actors over and over again you kind of get a mix of the same people in this movie. Even though it's not officially a Carpenter movie, it's kind of like unofficially a Carpenter movie. You have the same same people back again. Um, we see that Tom Tom Atkins, I don't want to say that he doesn't like his wife, but it doesn't look like he has a satisfying home life in terms of the relationship. Well, I, I can say he doesn't like his wife for one reason. If you liked your wife, uh, let me rephrase because they're married. If you loved your wife, 
you would not be going out and just having sex with as many Whoa. women as you can. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute now, okay? You're you're overgeneralizing. We don't know if he's having sex with like a lot of different women. We know that he's clearly open to the idea. But we're, well, we're skipping ahead, though. Hold on. Wait a minute. We do know of one woman, one of his co-workers... He constantly yes. flirts with her, so I named her Nurse Flirty. And they do talk about going out to dinner, and there's it's, it's hinted that maybe there's something going on there. Um, Tom Atkins, who let me, what's his character's name? Let me uh, Chalice. Chalice, which already gets the award for re- weirdest main character <laughs> name in the history of horror movies. Chalice, Doctor Chalice, Doctor Chalice. Okay, that's his last name at least. Yeah. So he just goes by Chalice. Okay. So Doctor Chalice, after the. The guy that's brought to the hospital, one of the Asian people, yeah, one of the Asian people comes, comes into in, the room, rips his skull apart. Which, if you're able to rip their someone's skull apart with your bare hands, why didn't you've done that over choking the guy to begin with? That's probably a good idea. Yeah, now you had to do all this stuff in terms of sneaking in the hospital and doing all this other stuff. I mean, we needed a reason to get Tom Ack. Well, not Tom Atkins, because to be fair, I don't think he really cares. Uh, we needed a reason to bring in this girl named Ellie. Ellie, whose father was the guy in the hospital, so now she's here to, you know, just take care of her dead father and try to pick up the pieces about what happened to him, which we as the audience at this point have no idea what the hell is going on. Then Tom Atkins is like, I'm going to sleep with her tonight. Well, wait a minute now. She kind of pursues him, though. He's at the bar chilling, and she walks in, and she's presenting this whole case because she tells him, she actually says, I've been doing some detective work. And he says, hey, I've seen some weird things, too. So they're kind of on the same page. But then they make a plan because I guess the father had been recording all his movements and stuff. So he was here, he was there, and he was mysteriously at this factory. In Santa Mira. So they they figure, hey, she says, I think something's going on there. I'm going to go there. Do you want to come with me? And and he says, I do, yes, because I want to cheat on my wife with you. So I'm going to go pick up a six-pack of beer. Might as well. (laughs) Call my wife and tell her I'm not going to be home for a couple of days. And let's go on this this adventure. I, I think it's pretty bold. They don't usually try to have a main character that's like likable and respectable and a good person. But all Chalice here, they, they don't put any effort into making him like a likable person. They're just like, hey, you know, not a good husband. Clearly has bad intentions. He's taking a six pack of alcohol with him. And the motivation to have sex with this girl seems to be... His whole reason to go on this damn voyage. Yeah, so this is where I... This is actually, from here to another scene, is where I cut out this movie because... I'm sorry, this hotel... All these scenes in the hotel, not needed. Does all, nothing but pan the running time. And... How many times have I used the casting couch joke now? Well, as I smoke the hookah, and maybe we should call this podcast, Deep Dive with Hookah, even though... <laughs> Nick is not partaking. His his version of the hook would be just do eleven Mountain eleven bottles of Mountain Dew. Oh, come on, that's six. Six, but you may if you may go through all of them. So I don't know. Um, we'll go through all of them. But anyway, so so okay. So basically, um, this road trip pretty much ends up at a motel. Yeah, and as for, I understand him and this scene because again, his whole motivation is just to sleep with her at this point. Her motivation is to find her dad, and she's apparently smart enough to do some detective work. Even though they get there, they just and instead of doing more detective work, 
you know, it's not like the whole the town's gonna know you. It's not like the town's gonna keep an eye on you yet. He's like, no, we should wait till nightfall and then do something. It's like that's not suspicious at all. Yeah, this next twenty minutes seems like them just hanging out at the hotel for like three days. I don't understand. Like, there's no active activity going on outside of them having sex. Right. Um, them having sex, it does seem like it happens out of nowhere, and and she's way too forthcoming with it. And it's okay, but it's just kind of like it throws you off a little bit because, as you said, her character motivation is to like she's mourning her father and trying to find what happened to her father. So her random being like, yes, but now let's just have sex for two days. It's kind of out of nowhere. And I think, I think they're trying to make it so that he has more of a connection to her to continue on the path. Yeah, but... Because he really doesn't have any reason to be here yeah. outside of her telling him stuff. So. Yeah, and then... Now, I'm, all, I'm jumping a quick scene before we go back to the only two scenes you really need to see in this stretch of what 30 minutes and that is it's a a slow middle yeah and that is right i think it was right before they go to the factory uh the girl says i'm not leaving here until i know what happens to my father i'm like uh in order to find out what happened to your father i'm sorry step one leave the motel (laughs) stop watching the the h the free hbo and go out and do something how long does it take you to get to the factory exactly so now let's get to the only two parts that really matter in this metal first homeless death guy to show that these henchmen are strong yep i did i do like the death scenes in this movie they're pretty they're they're pretty brutal (laughs) they're brutal gory and this guy just gets his head completely ripped off I was there for it. I, and I, I'm still like wondering to myself now, why didn't you just do that with the guy running from you? Because then a lot, then this movie actually would not have happened the way it did. Well, sometimes in poorly constructed scripts, you have a thing where the bad guys want to make things extra challenging for themselves. So maybe they were like, yeah, let's take the hard road and make sure we have a good guy coming after us and make sure we get the runtime to at least an hour and a half <laughs> to be more specifically. And then the second one, which actually raises a question about the situation in the movie is woman's just playing with a button. She was not an intended target and gets a laser shot into her face where a bug flies out of her mouth after her face explodes. Now, even me paying attention to the movie again, I'm, I'm a little bit confused here. I'm, I, don't know, I, I don't know what's going on, but I do, again, I like the death scene. And I also like, this is how we get the introduction to our villain. Cochran. Cochran, who's on the scene to clean up the mess. Mm-hmm. And this is also really to show you that in a later scene, when everything gets explained to you, because we're all little babies and our main character has no idea how to do any real detective work, because he's a doctor. But even doctors are supposed to be smart enough to... Investigate but, shit. But her death, this is the first <laughs> part where Chalice really feels like, okay, something weird is going on here. Yeah, so he's a little bit more connected now. Well, yeah, because think about it. You, you're you coming up, you see a bunch of people in lab coats. I'm sorry, not many doctors wear like a different type of coat than a lab coat. And Chalice is like, he's like, I'm like, a doctor, let me check the patient. He's like, who's responsible for this? Who's taking care of this? And there's like, Cochrane. He's like, huh? He's a doctor? Doesn't this dude make Halloween masks? <laughs> right. And it doesn't really add up. So, yeah, we, now this is where our main character finally understands, I got myself into something stupid here. Now, the smart move now would be like, okay, Please. let's go home. Yeah, right. We found out something shaking going on, but it doesn't mean we need to be here 
you know, whatever. But right, so, she's still determined, so they're going to go this factory. Yep. So now we've determined that in a, in a later scene we'll see this more, but the button is the cause of the situation. So my real question is, because I don't know about you, but had I gotten these ma- this mask, I'm sorry, that button would be coming right off. Not because I think something's wrong with it, but because I'm thinking that's just a tag that needs to come off. Right. <clears throat> True. Fair point. Which means that button during the situation at the end would not be going off on my kid's head. Let me say this. I give I give the movie a lot of points for originality because I've really seen a movie focus on Halloween mask. <laughs> it's a cool concept and the masks are cool as shit. Yeah, the ma- it would be nice if it was executed a little bit more properly. What do you think about that damn commercial? Because I got to admit... That's in my head. Uh, happy, happy. Well, let me let me go back and try to sing it. Halloween, 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 happy, happy Halloween. That damn tune was catchy and... I'm going to shake the soda. Okay. Now I'm going to put it in front of you. And I'm going to open the cap. First of all, this Mountain Dew looks like it's sponsored by Silver Shamrock. <laughs> it's green. It goes with their branding perfectly. So we should begin a kickback from, uh, from Silver Shamrock for this. Um, Honestly... With how much I'm drinking Mountain Dew, and we keep mentioning it, I wouldn't be surprised if I got sponsored by it at one point. But they do a good job without knowing what's going on. They do a good job of like showing the commercial over and over again, like it's it's playing so much. Uh, with the most annoying tune ever. I love it. I'm gonna make that my ringtone. If I can find that ringtone, <laughs> I'm making that a ringtone. If, if I can find a way to do it, I'm gonna do it. Oh my gosh! So, what about well, when they go to the factory? How about that? So. This part also kind of annoys me. So, again, they're supposed to be there to investigate things. Now, I've watched enough House to know that doctors do investigate shit. You know, obviously medical stuff, not really crimes, but... Yeah, what, what are you talking about? It's still about? an investigation. What, what giant leap are you taking? Uh, Dr. Chalice is not Sherlock Holmes, right? <laughs> he doesn't need to be. He, need, he, he just needs to be smarter than the regular guy to be a doctor, and he's not proven that to me. Especially since they go there... To try and get some information, and then they're just about to leave. I, now, now, actually, I'll I'll counter that though. He leaves because he looks around and sees people watching them, and he's like, "Oh, they were there when the father got killed." So when, as they're walking off, he's like, "You know, they look familiar. They look familiar." The problem is Ellie. No, actually, uh, I'm talking about before they even get the whole tour of the factory. I'm talking about right oh. before Cochran even invites them to for the tour of the factory. They're just about to leave the factory like nothing is wrong, even though you just found out, yes, the father was there. Yes, he picked up the shipment. And you're not going to... And now your next course of action should be trying to find out, did something happen at that factory or between that factory and where you all found the body? But he has to do it in a way that Cochran isn't suspicious of them. Yeah, there's plenty of ways to do that. But I'm telling you. Especially with Cochran being so happy-go-lucky, it seems like. I think Ellie screws up everything because... Oh, she does. When they're leaving the factory. Yep, they're leaving the factory because now you got a guy who's actually recognizing people. It's like, okay, so you do have some kind of brain. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's doing the smart move about getting her and leaving. The problem is she sees... A car. My dad's car. The only reason I'm saying a car and not her dad's car is because I don't know if you, because you mentioned that you're 45 minutes behind me. Mm-hmm. So when I mentioned the car, I mentioned that I didn't see a license plate on that car. It was half covered. Did you by any chance pay attention to see that? I, I didn't, but I know it was going through her head though. 
she said that right after Chalice says, they killed your father. Then she sees the car. So that's already on her brain. Then she's like, oh, my father's car. So it's like kind of all, it's already in her head from Chalice saying, hey, they killed your father. And then she sees the car. But when she sees the car, she basically dooms them. Mm. All you have to do is just keep walking, mm. make a note like my father's car. Okay. Well, keep walking as Chalice is trying to do. But she instead has to approach the car suspiciously and have the guys block off the garage. But then also Cochran in the background, like watching and be like, oh, they're going to be a problem. This is, I think Cochran was pretty much done with them if they just leave the factory now. So here, here's the. Cochran doesn't think they're like doing some investigation. Ellie's actions here doom her and Chalice forever. So this is why uh, Chalice needs to cheat on his wife with people more his age and not like 21, 18 years old. Because uh, think about it. a woman his age probably could have kept her cool like Chalice did. Versus yeah. an 18-year-old. Overly emotional. Exactly. So she sees... Yeah, she says she's older than she looks. Like, woman, you look 16. That's what makes this scene even weirder. Yeah, I mean, you know by how, how by how Cochran looks at them, you already know that you can't just go back to your hotel now and Mm-mm. live life as normal. At that point, just leave your stuff there, get in your car, drive away. And the problem is, if I think about the overarching plot of the movie, even if they do that, it's almost like they have to go further because... The plan that Cochran has is pretty much You're dooming. Dead. So it's like if they leave, they're going to be okay, but that's not going to help all these kids. Yeah, well, bad guys are now up to the dock. They've already capped, uh, kidnapped the girl, and you find out they're androids. Someone must have really liked Terminator. I call them the Samsung Army. Samsung Army. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably hey, why I, they bleed yellow. I got to say, this movie's pretty ahead of its time for 1982. <laughs> you wouldn't expect this like storyline about television and technology in 1982. So it's pretty on pretty ahead of its time. Well, that's like. what happens when you get an Irish villain who somehow kidnaps Stonehenge. I mean, yes. We're, I mean, it's a rock from Stonehenge, but... We're going to mix magic and technology here. Like, can and, you, and, and potatoes. Can you so- Hope, Hopefully potatoes. Can you somehow explain to me... I'm assuming y'all excavated enough of the rock underneath to be able to get some giant-ass chain and an extremely strong helicopter. I don't even think that would be able to pull that damn stone all the ground. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know if it's possible. But I'm going to let the movie have it because <laughs> it's just there. We can't. <laughs> it's, I mean, I under- it's silly, but it's really bold, too. I mean, I understand the significance of them wanting a stone from Stonehenge, considering, in fact, that's where druids would pray back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So, to them, most likely, it's like, oh, well, there's power in that rock. And there is. Apparently. Apparently so. Because um, uh, we see that rock do a few, a few things. <laughs> once, once Ellie's kidnapped, Chalice is like, I gotta go get her back. And maybe that's the whole thing of like, okay, they try to pitch a sort of a love story, even though it was like rushed. But he has to like her enough to like now be like, okay, I'm going to go get her back. Uh, his fatherly instincts took over. Oh, my God. <laughs> you took this in a disgusting direction. Considering I mean, the fact he's like 25 years older than her. He is old enough to be her dad. He asked her when they're in bed. He's like, how old are you? And she's like, I'm old enough. No, she said, she said I'm older than I look. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, so you're, you're, 17, you're 19 instead of 17. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. I, I still would have been like, dude, you already did the deed and you're just now asking. 
What happens if the movie decided to fuck with them? It's like, like the police say bar- you're 15. The police like rushing right there. Like, oh, right. He's like, Mo- movie over. Should have been like, what? Let me see your driver's license before you took this trip. Um, Remember, nothing is wrong with asking a woman her driver's license, especially since it's so easy to get fake IDs nowadays. By the way, we should take a moment to talk about what happens to Chalice's receptionist friend back back at the doctor's office. Uh, this yeah. this shows you pretty much that his whole life is screwed now anyways. Because yeah, because she, even though she never figured out a damn thing, she just kept thinking it was a car part the entire time. Talk about an innocent, wrong place, wrong time bystander. Yeah, and then... I the, mean, and, and by the way, they try to find the most painful way to kill these mofos. Like, you had to drill her? Like, seriously? With a drill? I mean... Damn Have it, you not man. been watching the movie? It's got a subtext. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. <laughs> just it's just so unnecessary. Just like, just shoot her in the head. Why do you have to drill her? Drill her ass. Damn. Um. You're you're mentioning why? You <laughs> just said drill her ass. All right. Well, let's talk about what Cochran is planning because of any horror movie I've seen, this is the most ambitious, crazy thing ever. He wants to kill the kill the entire world by killing off the kids. But then again, eventually everyone will just fuck again and have more kids. <coughs> yeah, but then... Okay, maybe, but they're going to take a big hit in the population this Halloween. That's fair. Now, the movie does one thing really good, though. It's one thing to be like, hey, this is going to happen to kids, basically. But they give us a demonstration of what's actually going to happen with this family, which what I understand was, if he's your best sales guy, why are you why are you? Well, I mean, killing, do you taking... think anyone's going to buy those silver shamrock masks after this event? He already knew his company down. Yeah. But damn, I mean, that's how you reward your best salesman, though? I mean, he got you here. At least made all his money. Um, yeah, well, this is the best scene in the movie, what happens to this damn <laughs> This is all over the top. So yeah, the uh, the button fries the kid and, and injects him full of magic bugs and snakes. S- maggots and snakes come out of his eyeballs in his head. I'm like, what the hell happened to him? Uh, the dad gets bit by a rattler, and he dies. And then the woman, I'm assuming... She passed out, but then probably was killed afterwards. Yeah, I'm assuming the bugs ate her. The, I mean, the snake wouldn't have given a shit about her. She wasn't doing anything. This was the creepiest scene to me, because just seeing that kid go from excited to, like, what what happens Death. to him. <laughs> my God. You usually don't see a kid get destroyed like that. Well, it was actually pretty uh, nice, because enti- now it's showing us the stakes of the movie, showing us, yeah, and, and, oh. And, and you remember also that, I mean, it's shown at the beginning, but basically remember Chalice... He has kids. Yeah. So now the stakes for him are like, oh, even though maybe I don't love my wife, my kids are in trouble now. So I so, got to do whatever I can. So when he escapes. He- oh, wait, by the way, one another very cool thing is the use of the Halloween movie inside the movie <laughs> because you actually get the Halloween music as he's trying to escape. And right. they found a clever way, really clever way to include that as a fun nod. Mm-hmm. Um very fun scene. So. so, as Chalice escapes, he gets to a phone and calls his wife. I understand the urgency here, but uh, wouldn't it be better to find a safer place than that factory? Yes. Well, again, he's a doctor. Maybe Doctor Stupid instead of Doctor Strange. But uh, well, he definitely ain't Doctor Dreamy. Nor nor House MD. <laughs> anyway, so then he does something. Uh, he goes and saves. Ellie, air quotes. <laughs> wow. You know, yeah, what happens, Ellie, 
This movie, man, it it takes so much from the damn Invasion of the Body Snatchers movie. Actually, if I remember correctly, the town that they filmed this in is the same town they filmed Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And they're the clear rip- ripping off a lot here, including their relationship <laughs> is very similar to uh, the two in uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. But, but uh, yeah, Ellie's, uh, she ain't what she seems anymore. And so what they do, what, what he does is finally the only smart thing I've ever seen this man do in the whole movie is he grabs all those buttons plays the plays the haunting melody of happy happy halloween 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 throws the buttons down kills everyone and Cochran's just clapping his hands as Stonehenge gets its revenge on him and cuz Cochran knows that his plan's still in effect though yeah but still it, it was kind of weird seeing him turn to stone and then just disappear this is a weird movie. <laughs> it's like, did Stonehenge just absorb him or something? Mind you, keep in mind, people are going in open weekend thinking, oh, I'm about to watch a Michael Myers movie. <laughs> to get this movie instead of like Michael stalking babysitters had to be quite the trip. Well, I'm sorry, because I guarantee you a lot of people were also probably expecting some kind of chase scene, especially with the, what some of this movie was showing, a, some kind of fight scene. And Cochran's just like, yeah, <laughs> nice try, but no. Well, Cochran's an old man. I don't know how much of a, a fight scene you could have with him. So. For all we know, he was also probably an android. Just one with an actual brain. True. Could have been. He could have been an alien's version of Bishop. Now, the studio wanted a happy ending. And the director, Tom Lee Wallace, was like, no, I want this ending. Again, because it's all Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So you remember the ending of that movie was yeah. not a happy ending. Mm-mm. So this one's leading to that, basically. And leaves things very open-ended in terms of was Chalice able to get the TV stations to turn turn off so, or not? Yeah, so he had to actually, from what I understood, he had to compromise because the original, his original version of the ending was when the screen went to black and the credits were playing, instead of music, it was supposed to be crunching sounds and kids screaming. That would have been crazy. <laughs> have you heard that during the credits? I would have like... That would have like added a half a star to the movie. <laughs> I'd be like, yep, oh, yeah, that's another star right there. And that, and which a lot of people actually do assume that Chalice's family is dead now. You know, you know I actually watched. I kind of watched Kill Count on this, and he, even the ending guys like, even though we didn't see them die, I'm going to add them to the list anyway because something tells me they didn't get that showing off the air. <laughs> no, a lot of kids probably died, and you know. It, Honestly, a sequel, you could have done a sequel. Could have. But where it leaves off is okay also. I mean, could you have done a sequel when the main villains are dead and guarantee you after that, what was the sequel going to be? Everyone's reactions to the situation? There would be no horror. It would be a drama. Maybe not a sequel, but you could remake it now with like maybe like something on TikTok is going to like destroy everybody and maybe... uh. <laughs> Uh, maybe Cochran's grandson or something like that comes back and tries to finish his dad's work or something. So Tom Ack- Tom Atkins is dead, isn't he? No, no, he's alive. Oh well, he had. I don't think he's acting anymore. But I, I but in terms of that storyline, I imagine someone he else. Prob- would- <laughs> he probably killed himself after what happened. To <laughs> the minute his he finds out it's happening again, it's like nope. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't want to see his character again because I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, dude, did you? What happened? He was probably too busy trying to get with another 17 year old that reminds him of Ellie. It's going to be the rest of his life now, just like... But, I mean, the thing is, like, he can't really feel guilty because, like, the plan was already happening without him. So he didn't do anything to make the plan worse. 
Um, maybe save some kids by getting them to turn some of the stations so, off. To be fair, like the kid that was in the gas station, you know what he could have done with that one? Mm. He could have either grabbed the mask and ripped it off the kid's head, broken the damn TV. Yeah, he didn't stop that kid in the gas station. No, it was I'm really just weird. Like, the kids just kept turning and turning. I'm just like, okay, you see, it's not stopping on this channel. Are you not going to do anything? Right. I wouldn't even scream on the phone anymore. I'd just grab, at least grab the kid's mask and rip it off him. And then get punched by the dad. But hey, at least he has one kid that survived. Listen, we've already established that Mr. Chalice... It's not the smart. It's not the brightest boy. I don't think he should be a doctor. And I love how the movie ends with the words, stop it. Yep. I, the, movie, <laughs> the movie ends on a high note. When it ends, I'm like, oh, shit. Um... All right, categories. <laughs> categories. Best performance. That's a hard I, one. I, that's an easy one for me. I'm going Cochran. See, I can't do the same thing. I love, I love his his uh, villainous, uh, you know, it's cliche now, but his villainous explanation, breaking down why he's doing what he's doing, and yeah, he's just he's just Bond villain at that point. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I should I should say that even though, even though Chalice is likable, I think Tom Atkins is a good actor. So I think he does a good job. No, he's a good actor. It's just, I'm sorry. they. It's not the deepest character in the world. It's just. They made a character where his whole motivation is just sex. It's sex, but then in the second half, it does turn to saving his kids, like, theoretically. For like five minutes. I'm sorry. I don't he, care about the character. He, he remembers he has kids. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I don't care about that character. I don't care about the kids because we didn't get any time with the kids except for them giving I, their mom the side eye. I would have slapped the shit out of that kid I, for that. I almost <laughs> I almost cared about Ellie, but then it's like there's, also, n- there's not enough of her in the second half to make me like... I can't care enough about Ellie because, again, she was literally just reverted to a piece of meat in this movie. Plot, plot device. A piece of meat. Not even a plot device anymore. A plot device sandwich. It's like <laughs> meat in the sandwich, but that's a plot device sandwich, though. Um, uh, I'm going to keep I, that joke um, to myself. I do like... Uh, also, I like the actress who played Ellie. I think she did a good job. She did a good the, job. The she... acting is pretty good for this kind of movie, I'd say. it's not. There's not really like bad performances or anything. Um, so, I think I know who my best performance goes to. It goes to Granny Android that was doing the... the, the uh, there you go. The, the knitting, and then when he pops her head, her head just flies I'm, off. Was, I'm sticking with Cochran, but <laughs> I also did like as well the salesman guy who uh, was like the best sales guy. He was pretty good in his like his short, short little stint there. Um, actually, no, my I'm gonna give my best to it was the one that pulled off the homeless man's head just because he had a. I'm sorry, at that scene, I'd probably be having fun. It's like, oh, I get to pull this mannequin's head off? Yeah. But true. he just kept the most straight face. He'd be someone that's like, if he grabbed a hold of my head, it's like, I'm punching you in the nuts right now, dude. <laughs> it's kind of hard to give a worse performance. Worst performance? Uh, Tom Atkins, just because of the way the character was written. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's either Tom Atkins or Ellie for me when it comes to worst performance because of the way the characters were written. Actually, you know what? I'm going with Ellie because she is supposed so, to be integral to the plot, but she's nothing. Basically, you're going worst character pretty much. Okay. I, I'm, I'm down with it. Sometimes, if there's not a bad performance, then you go by characters. which characters you hate the most pretty much. 
And I'll I'll go Ellie since I actually gave Chalice like a secondary third best performance. I can't <laughs> the worst words. I'll go with Ellie just because her character had a lot more potential if they just really made you know what they should have done? they should have made her the main character and not focus so much on Chalice and not focus on sex. Um, maybe, also, maybe this ending should have been her going to the factory, and then maybe Chalice either gets kidnapped or dies halfway through. Well, there's one thing we forgot to mention in our little uh, plot summary, and that is she got turned into an android. She did. Uh, so, again, if she was a little bit more than just there, we actually would have cared that, you know, now she's dead and been, and I guess her insides got scooped out and became an android. No, I kind of laughed when it was revealed. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. You could have told the whole time because she didn't say a single word during her whole rescue attempt. She didn't say a single word during the climax. And I don't think she actually broke her facial expression either. Not the whole thing. She was done for once she got kidnapped. Yeah. It was over. So, actually, I'm going to have to change my answer. Best performance goes to Ellie when she's an android because she had to change her character completely and she became more integral to the plot when she starts choking. She's a good actress. And then worst performance is Ellie at the beginning of the movie when she was just there to be there. You're telling me android Ellie's the best performance and then human Ellie's the worst performance? Yes. What the hell? Okay. I'll allow it. (laughs) All right. Best scene. Okay. For me, it is the little kid. Being being because that's such a, the first time watching, that's such a, like, what the hell? Yeah. The snakes and maggots and all that shit just threw me off. You have to go with that, too, because even though we get gorier deaths, that is the more disturbing scene that kind of, and it also tells you, oh, they just killed a kid, so now what's going to go, are they going to kill all the kids? Because now, if kids are dying, then it's no longer a safe movie. The movie feels very not safe, especially at the end. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with that. Now, worst scene, I think we both already know. Hotel. It's that it's that softcore porn. Yes, that random fifteen minutes of just them having sex. It's like kind of like, huh? Not not even raunchy, spicy sex either. It's just very tame. Like with you being forty, I would assume you're a little freaky deaky. I wouldn't want to see that with her being like seventeen, though. That's weird. Yeah, there's a lot. Of the whole thing was weird. weird. Yeah, everything from when they arrived at the hotel to the factory, minus the two kill scenes. I think I think the love story would... Okay, so now we'll get into basically what I would have changed. Mm-hmm. I would have like... If you want to have a love story, I would have had that progress over the course of the movie to where it feels earned. The place of it, like, kind of like... Not even halfway through the movie, feels not even earned. Like, they barely even know each other and, and they're having sex. Like, have her turn him down and then make him keep pursuing her or not get her. And that makes the ending even more tragic because let's say he's in love with her, but he hasn't had sex with her. But the love story doesn't work. So I would take that element out of it and just make it he's helping her, trying to get with her, but doesn't actually get with her. So what would I change in the movie? Now, you've already the your change kind of correlates with mine, and that is give Ellie a character, please. Because if you did do what... Vic was just mentioning she would be able to be more of a character than more of a sex object. And that's, yeah. and that's weird. Cause this kind of movie, the way the plot is, the way the lore goes, the fact that half the movie is softcore porn. 
honestly takes me away from the movie, and that's actually where I get all the gripes about this whole movie. If I wanted to see half of this, I'd go on Pornhub. The movie has a very slow middle. There's no question. Um, I I love when the movie... Well, we might as well get to our final thoughts then. Yeah. So my final thoughts... um, the, it, does, it does have a slow middle, no question. I think that I love the setup, the beginning, and then the movie really gets going for me when they get to the factory. Because then slowly you're starting to really get the plot. Um, it's pretty mysterious in the first half, but once you're at the factory, little by little you get some crumbs, and eventually you get the whole thing But at the end. I feel like the, the second half of the movie is like pretty pretty strong in terms of story-wise, climax-wise. But the middle part at the motel definitely can turn you off, basically. Because it's just very slow and it's very, it's not really driving the plot, basically. Um, but on the positive side, um, I think the actors all do a decent job. I like the music. The death scenes we do get are pretty good. Um, this movie was a victim of, hey, just, you can't go in expecting a Michael Myers movie. You have to be like, hey, this movie is a season of the witch. It would have done a lot better in my opinion, just having nothing to do with the Halloween franchise, just being its own movie, and then there'd be no expectations. So as a standalone movie, hmm, let me think. I, 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 I'm going to go two stars because initially I was going to go two and a half stars, but that middle part is pretty slow. Two stars makes it an average watch. One thing it does get right also is it's a good Halloween movie in terms of like you can watch it during Halloween season and it feels like it has a Halloween theme to it, basically. So it's good for the Halloween holidays. Um, so I'm going to give it two stars. It's definitely, go- coming back to the series now, it's definitely not like the high point of the series, but it's definitely better than stuff like Resurrection and <laughs> Halloween 5. It's kind of middle of the pack, so I'm going to go two stars, call it average. It's a step down from Halloween and Halloween 2, but I think it's a somewhat fun, decent movie if you can slog through the middle part, get to the end. <laughs> so. All right, so... My turn. So, big uh, again, going off of what Vic just said, I like the beginning, I like the end, because those are pretty much the two story-driven parts of this movie. Uh, my issues with the movie comes more with the writing, the characters, the way the middle section is. I did not give a damn about these characters. And if you don't give a damn about the characters, you don't care about the relationships, you don't care about the situation, which means you don't care really about the movie. If you don't care about the situ that these characters are in a situation because you don't like the characters, then what then it's hard to get through the movie itself. Wait, wait, let me interrupt you for a second. If you're looking for a movie that does have all those qualities that Nick's looking for, you're gonna want to watch Troll 2. Let me just throw that in there. Uh, Troll 2 has all those qualities. Now, go ahead. Continue, Nick. I'm sorry. If anyone... why, are you, why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> Troll 2, that's where you want to go. No. Um, so, as much as it's going to pain Vic to hear me say this, I actually do understand the negativity towards this movie. Not saying it's a bad movie. It is worth the watch with the beginning and the end because you got plot, you got uh, a little bit, you got some suspense, and you got some good kills. However... That's where this movie ends for me. For me, for me, this movie is a one and a half. And it's only because of the beginning and end. Otherwise, this movie would be a one. Characters suck. Situation, Situational awareness of these characters suck. And self-preservation for these characters 
sucked. It's more the writing of the characters of why this movie is a one and a half for me. And honestly, I'd actually be disappointed, not because Michael wasn't in it, but because I had to deal with softcore porn, but my mom was most likely sitting right next to me. Again, a movie should not make you feel awkward because you're watching a sex scene in a movie theater with 20,000 people in it. Uh, damn, tell us how you really feel. Okay, well, <laughs> obviously, this is one of those cases where Nick's a little bit more down in the movie than I am. I still think it's average and worth a watch, but I understand Nick's perspective also. What do you guys think? Tell us in the comments. Give us some feedback. What is your what is your overall thoughts on Halloween 3? It's a polarizing movie. Some people like it a lot. Some people don't like it. It's You get all kinds of reviews for this movie. Some people love it. Some people don't like it. So it's a really polarizing movie amongst the Halloween fans. Um, I would say go into it blind and don't really expect a Halloween movie, from the series at least, but it's a good seasonal Halloween movie in my opinion. All right, folks. Next time... We're getting back to Michael. Halloween 4. No return of Michael Myers. They tell me that somehow Loomis and Michael are still alive. I saw these mofos burning a fire. Loomis exploded, damn it. He better not be in this next movie. What the hell? Oh, he's in the next movie, and you want to know why? The power of love. I, th- I think it's the Curse of Thorns. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's the power of love. Didn't you see this damn movie? There's so much love in this, it resurrected Loomis, so he can be like, okay, I'm done with this bullshit. Maybe Loomis is an android. Probably. I think that's actually should be canon. Loomis is an android, people. Loomis android. We'll find on the next movie if evil dies on that night. And as always, you don't have to go home, but you do got to grab a copy of Halloween Kills, throw it in a fire, and watch it burn. If you happen to have a free copy of Halloween Kills, yes, throw it in the fire and let it burn. But if you paid for the copy, throw it in a fire and let it burn twice. No, find your receipt and return it. And remember... For a good quality movie, Troll Tomb.